what's up folks let me get off the mic i'm over here yelling <laughs> ladies and with that high energy agreeing. you know I, I was i was speaking real mellow but it was loud <laughs> it caught me off guard <laughs> i heard the, the the vibration in my voice because i was too close up on the mic I feel like i'm busting around so i'm like hey, can y'all hear me out there <laughs> Is that Buster Rhymes that did that, or was that like ODB or something? No, that Woo-ah. was Buster Rhymes. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that was Buster Rhymes. Gotcha, all in Flip check. mode. Flip mode. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me stop playing around and welcome y'all in the right way, the polite way. This is the I Got Sense podcast. We are a podcast that teaches financial literacy, so you can learn how to make more money, manage your money, and make your money make money for you. Yep. Look, disclaimer. Especially in regards to today's episode and anything that I may say or my brother Shine may say. We speak the truth and hope the truth will set you free. Uh, yeah, man, I'm sometimes honesty hurts, but hey, it is what it is. We just gonna rock with it. So today's episode oh, I'm sorry, how rude of me. I'm here <laughs> with my co host. Man, the brother that it wouldn't I wouldn't be here without him. Shoot, the man behind the I Got Sense brand. The myth, the legend, the one and only Shine Simmons, everybody. What up, what up, what up, everybody? It's your boy Shyan Simmons, the I Got Sense Investment Advisor, aka DJ Dividends. And we coming to you with another installment of the Master Plan. The Master Plan. The I like IGC that. podcast is back up front with another funky episode today. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing good. Got this beautiful breeze. You know, the beautiful breeze is always a great. Man. Great feature to be in here with you and talking this shop. This Southern California and uh, with that uh, coronavirus behind us, just being back out and getting back to normal, it's a beautiful thing. We done damn near took the whole podcast production outside. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might as well go set up on Venice Beach. <laughs> we about six feet from goddamn being all the way outside. I'd say Man. that much. I hey, they, they gonna get to see it though when we when we bring the videos out. Yes, sir. Coming soon on that first anniversary. Yes, sir. But it, yeah, this Southern Cali uh, living man, this is beautiful out here. Absolutely, man. You know we uh we talk about this here just about at every part. It it must be really good out here for us to <laughs> get off on a tangent about how good Southern Cali is. You feel me? I mean, our listeners understand they out here cruising in their car. If it's daytime and they listening to this mm-hmm. podcast on the same day, now yes. I, I noticed you uh gave a disclaimer, so this means this uh podcast here might strike some nerves. It's possible. You know, I feel like, uh, in all honesty, I should probably start saying that in the beginning of every episode, because, you know, cancel culture is real without context of what a person's saying. They hear you, they hear a soundbite and you are canceled. Well, you know, man, I believe honestly and genuinely that we have organically built our audience and our followers and our followers um, believe to be true um, what we believe. Mm-hmm. And it resonates with them. And as long as you have a true following and you're true to yourself, I don't believe we can be canceled. Yeah, that's facts. That's facts. So, I mean, I mean, unless I'm, we just said something that was straight up belligerent and dumb, but. Well, then that wouldn't be us being yeah, true to who that would we be, are. Yeah, you're right. You so, right. Ooh, I mean, I'm, I'm not doing anything boom. to get no clicks. Yeah. I'm not doing anything controversial other than when I hit that cat daddy. 
Cat daddy. <laughs> cat daddy. That's how we celebrate in the yeah. first the first yeah. year. When I hit that. Sean hitting the cat daddy to bring us in on the video. Yeah. But other than that, you know, I'm I'm just straight facts, man. And I'm a, what they say, straight no chaser. I'm just telling you how it is and sharing my experiences. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of years behind me in big six accounting and uh, uh, investment advisement and, um I uh, service uh, all walks of life from uh, the ones that only have $50 a month all the way up to the ones that got $10 million to drop in the bucket at one sh- one shot. So been there, done that. I got about 50 T-shirts. So I'm just true to what I'm talking about, man. And that's facts. No printer. You like that one? I got that little pun right yeah, there. you got that one. <laughs> <laughs> facts, no printer. <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe he didn't get that one. He got it. I got, got it. it. Okay, I had to okay. I had to pause a little bit, but I got it. <laughs> you know the printer. The one that be printing that out. Yes, sir. That money. So let's get right into it, man. All right. Today's topic. Money Trumps race in America's tears of classism. Yes, sir, man. You know, uh, it ain't even about skin color no more. It's about how many dollars you got in your pockets and uh where you can afford to live. That's facts. And when you walk in the bank, do you get in the regular line or do they call you over to personal services by your name? That's facts. <laughs> so that's that's or do they call uh, the police and say it's somebody out in the parking lot lottering? That, that, that's facts. <laughs> that's pretty much what it breaks down to, man. That's facts. No printer. <laughs> <laughs> I think Omarion huh? said that on post to be back in what 2011 or something, 12, 13, I, one of them years. I have no idea. I'm just trying to make light of a, this, I guess, a serious, serious topic, topic we gonna have today about uh, classism and yeah, and you know that being the issue and not necessarily the color of your skin. Now, yeah. don't get us wrong. Don't get it twisted. Racism still is alive and well. We are aware of that. Yes. But as far as your personal progress and status in this dream of a world that we all live in. In this here world of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 ain't, your skin color ain't holding you back. Nah, where it's you... It's providing some obstacles, but it ain't yeah. holding you back. Yeah, it may, may, may give you a couple of barriers you have to navigate. Uh, may uh, cause you some uh, emotional um, discomfort. But for the most part, wherever you are in life right now, um, and if you're an adult over the age of 21, chances are you're where you're at because of the personal choices and decisions you have made throughout your life. Yeah. But I can't argue with that. And that's the podcast. All right, yeah. y'all. <laughs> we have to help the people understand the dynamics of America and capitalism while still being sensitive to you know our unique experience here in the uh, country because we are the only uh, immigrant and guest here in America that came here involuntarily. Everybody else that's here, they chose to be here because America, uh, you know, is the uh, ultimate destination for those pursuing their dream, um, their pursuit of happiness. Um, So everybody else, by any means necessary, they have done what they um, needed to do to, uh, 
you know, migrate over here to America. We were we were brought here by force, and we were uh, enslaved people um, from anywhere uh, from 260 to 400 years, depending on where you start your count. Do you start your count from England or, you know, from the islands over in the Caribbeans or from when we first landed on the mainland here in America? So we have that uh, history and that uh, body of work that says we were or an oppressed and enslaved people. And um, um, oftentimes um, we allow that to be our crutch and to get in the way of progress here in the 21st century. And we continue to make excuses about slavery being the cause why we can't progress now. Did I say that clearly and concise or did that sound like a bunch of mumbo jumbo? All right, folks, that's the end of the episode. You trying we appreciate y'all for tuning You trying to just do a drive-by and get in and out. <laughs> but today's topic, we're talking about um, where the uh, the race, the racism. To, to, Look, nowadays, let, me, let me let me demystify it for the okay. folks, Sean. Today's episode, we talking about y'all out there that's sitting up here saying that, yo, racism is holding me back from getting my life together. The white Those man still you, conspiring to hold yeah, a brother down. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my 40 acres and a mule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you out there sitting on uh, what they call that, the food stamps and and uh, what's the government, when the government helps you out with your finances, what's that called? Subsidies, Section yeah, 8. Section 8 housing, you out mm-hmm. here on all of that. And you are comfortable and not making moves and using that as a resource. You look, You're using right. that as a clutch. And, and on and top of that, you yelling and screaming, you independent. Using <laughs> and doing your crutch, own thing. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, and you screaming out here, you independent. Mm-hmm. You fake flossing on the ground. Yeah. You out here talking about, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm out here getting it, but the government hold me back from getting right. it. You in the grocery store in line in front of me with that basket that's got $400 worth of steak and shrimp you and know crab to, legs. You know how to slang weed, but you don't know how to access a mm-hmm. savings account. Yeah. Yeah, we, we talking about you today, and but we ain't talking about you to talk about you. We are talking about you to hold the mirror up so you can see right. you need to get your ish together, man, or and, woman. And and we're not, we not trying to uh, chastise or talk down to folks. We're, we're basically trying to explain how this whole capitalism thing works and how um, America's um, whole engine runs from day to day and uh, you know, year to year and decade to decade. Translation, we here to put y'all on game with how this here American financial game is yeah. ran so absolutely. you can run it too and actually yeah. come up. It, absolutely. And, that, and that's that's the ultimate goal of the podcast to talk about, you know, finances, investing, managing your money, and then taking your money to make money for you. But oftentimes what Andre and I come back to in pre-production meetings, uh, when we just talking and chopping it up, coming up with well, we don't just uh, be show talking, ideas. That. Yeah, we we <laughs> we be out here working, but oftentimes what we do come back to is is how do we stay on point with the investment and finance advisement without getting too far off into the mindset and all the bad choices and decisions as a uh, race that we continue to make because in other words translation 
we are attempting to continue to progress with educating y'all with how to invest in said investments and and giving free game to the culture right but we oftentimes struggle with having to hold y'all goddamn hands out there <laughs> right <laughs> right because and i well, i don't know how many uh uh, episodes that was back where I shared the story about the lady um, was it at about my Pookie? office. Back. Oh yeah, that yeah, was about, she that was, was she was upset. Two she, episodes ago, yeah, she had uh, heard the podcast and she asked me about my shirt and she was frustrated about the fact that we're out here trying to teach and educate and encourage people to invest, but yet and still she just trying to survive and uh, you know uh, make sure her kids still got a roof over her head and there's a big disconnect. Um, between the two and you know what i get it i understand life is hard yeah life is hard but sometimes the disconnect is your decisions and, and that's what i was gonna get at your situation <laughs> is 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 not an ideal situation but hold yourself accountable who put you in that situation yeah. and you know andre and you put you in that situation i'm the i'm the kevin samuels of uh financial investment when it comes to me pointing out flaws and bad decisions in in my clients because people oftentimes get very frustrated with me when I tell them that the first critical mistake that they make headed down the wrong path is when they go out and they have a child and they're not financially ready to take care of that child. Y'all out here having kids and still acting like kids. That is the biggest. Sorry, I didn't preface that with translation. (laughs) Y'all out here having kids and acting like kids do. But that is the biggest uh, downfall um, that you're going to have with anyone that is struggling financially um, in America in our capitalistic system. Because when you have a child, everything that you had as a plan or an ideal or a path for it tends to get put on hold from anywhere from 12 to 18 years. Let me pause you real quick because I know at this point there's a lot of people that hear this mm-hmm. and they know deep down inside that this is what's real, but they want to tune it out from here because they don't want to hold themselves accountable. And they're offended but listen, by it. Yeah. You, you be offended, but you need to hear this. You know how your parents be like, you know, when you was raised and they say something or or someone that's of respect that and, and esteem that's older than you and you be like, look, look, you could be mad all you want to, but you mm-hmm. you going to hear this or you going to listen. Yeah, this is that moment for y'all out there. You can be mad if you want to that you made your circumstances shitty, but you're mm-hmm. gonna listen. Absolutely. And this is why you're gonna listen because that ain't the end of it all. Right. How strong are you as an individual? Are you able to overcome your circumstances and the card you was dealt to yeah. to still realize your dreams and aspirations to still create a happier, healthier lifestyle for yourself, your kids, your future yeah. generations? And Andre, we've all done it. We've all been that um, adolescent that teenager that think we know more than our parents. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're rebellious. We're bucking against the system. And for the most part, I would say 99.99% of the time, anytime you have a parent that's out there trying to guide you and turn you down the right path, they're genuinely trying to help you be the best you can be. But oftentimes when parents are trying to get us turned in that right direction, we have a whole nother agenda because we're caught up with just our friends and trying to be accepted amongst those friends. And oftentimes to get that credibility amongst your friends, it means doing stuff that's detrimental to your own personal growth. Yep. And that's where you typically bump heads with your parents. And like I've 
consistently said over the last 28 years, um, ultimately you are where you at because of the poor choices and the bad decisions you make. So you get in the wrong relationship, you have a child, you decide not to get your education, you decide to get in the car and ride out with the boys, and all those things that we do early on, they tend to put anchors on us that serve to hold us down. And, yeah, the government does rig the system and, you know, uh, um, um, overweigh the, uh, the uh, what am I trying to say? They, they overweigh the uh, consequences for the laws that impact us in our community more. Yeah. Um, but like I've always told all of my children, especially Savy D., just because the system is rigged, that still doesn't mean you have to subscribe to it. Stop riding around with loud music. If you know the police is profiling y'all for riding four deep, stop riding four deep. You know. Translation, mm-hmm. and this is an analogy. We got an open road in, in front of us. Mm-hmm. Open road. No cars coming our way. No cars driving past us. Mm-hmm. The system throws a pothole on that side. Throw some water on that side. Mm-hmm. Throws a little uh, a ditch on this side. Yep. Why the hell would you hop in your car and throw a boot on your car and still try to maneuver all of that? Right, exactly. That's what you're doing when you understand that the cards are not built in your favor, but you still decide to put yourself in the circumstances and situations that are going to get you caught up or make life harder for yourself. That's the conversation that I've had with all of my children. Um, the conversation that I had with Savy D that I'm so, I'm so, so thankful that I won that, um, debate or that standoff that we had from the, uh, eighth grade all the way through, uh, up to now basically, but he was hell bent on getting his ears pierced. He was hell bent on getting a tattoo. He was hell bent on getting a funky, um, hairstyle that stands mm. out. And dang shine, sound like you describing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With no, but, I got but, the funky hairstyle that stand out. But I got yeah, the tattoos. You're, you're I got a the grown, you're a grown man that has made yeah. it through the threshold. My right. whole argument to him is like, I know you see other people that you idolize, other mm-hmm. celebrities, other athletes. But those other celebrities and athletes, they already have their million dollars in the bank. They right. can afford to have green hair. Right. They can afford to get a tattoo on their face. They can, you know, they can afford to, um, you know, uh, go out and do foolish stuff and smoke weed and and get in trouble all the time i'm like you do not have that benefit you haven't established yourself after you get through that threshold knock yourself out but right now where you are now you're still trying to get a scholarship you still got to go in and get a job you still got to go in and be accepted by other people that ultimately will make decisions on whether or not you're allowed into wherever you're trying to get into and you have to conform to the rules that are in place now in order for you to be able to eventually navigate to a point where you can do your own thing or at least where you can have an influence to make a change to the system that we know is rigged but if we know the system is rigged now and we're trying to navigate to it why would you subscribe to doing to the very things that are going to bring you down that's my that that's my whole my whole spiel about dealing with these young folks that are looking at 
other influential uh, people out there and they want to mimic them and they want to emulate them and be like them. But I'm like, they've already made it, man. Some of the some of the things that are standing out to me already in this episode are two things. One being mindset. The mm-hmm. other thing being authenticity. Be your damn self. Stop right. trying to be everybody else or somebody else. I tell be who you are and be disciplined with yourself. Man, I Andre Habits, man. Habits. If habits. I had if I had a dollar for every time I've told my kids, don't get so busy trying to be somebody else that you forget to be yourself. Man, I I I'd be I'd be a very wealthy man. But but once again, same thing. You you cannot change the system if you're not in position to make the change. And oftentimes, and we're gonna get into how uh, you know the the the, uh, the different tiers of capitalism. But oftentimes, what you have to stop and understand is that there are three different types of truths. So there's a political truth Mm -hmm. there's an objective truth and then there's just a pure truth and oftentimes we have to operate in the political truth Mm -hmm. and the objective truth and as a race of people we oftentimes get caught up in trying to just deal with the pure truth and talk about how it should be instead of how it really is right and we oftentimes get lost in that shuffle right there but we have to deal with society as it is. We came here as slaves. The rules and the regulations and the laws and everything are written and structured to benefit white folks and keep them in power. We've known that for a long time. We've also had uh, 260 years of experience of being black. We know what it is to be black. Mm -hmm. And so... For you to stand up now and start talking about your actions and your behaviors and your decisions are mostly based on the fact that you should be able to do it because other races of people get to do it too, that's pretty stupid. I tell my son all the time, look here, Savon, if everybody else is going 40 miles per hour, but we're in last place, why in the hell would we sit there and argue that where we're going to go 40 miles per hour because everybody else is doing it too? Mm, How like are you going to move up if you don't at least bump up to 50 or 60? How in the hell are you ever going to get to the front of the pack? You sitting here telling me about where they did it and they did it. Why what can't are you I do doing? it? What are you doing? You can tell me all yeah. of what everybody else under the sun is doing, but what are you doing about it, and what are you doing about your situation? We're in last place in all of the major socioeconomic categories in American society. So we have to do something totally different. And 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 I hate to sidetrack and talk about the whole uh, um Cops killing blacks. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of those instances, it doesn't matter that you were right and the cop was wrong. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that you got racially profiled. It doesn't matter that they should have never pulled you over. The fact of the matter is, is that you're on the side of the road and it's dark at night and you're dealing with somebody that has a badge and a gun and ultimately they can be the judge and the jury right down the side of the road and now you want to argue your rights. Mm. How crazy is that? Let's comply. 
Let's say yes, sir, no, sir. Let's take the citation. Get back home safe first. Yeah. Get back home to your family, and then let's assess the situation and make a determination on whether or not your civil rights have been violated. And then from there, let's go forward and take some actions. But for you to sit there and be confrontational with someone on the side of the road in a racist country that has a history of killing us, why would you sit there and get into that confrontation based on how it should be? Who cares how it should be? It's a game of chess, not checkers. You got to ple- you got to be smart, smart about your moves. And so we we're, we're talking about a lot of the stuff that we tend to get distracted with because it ties back to slavery and racism and discrimination and the color of your skin. But we want to bring home the message and point today that your skin color is no longer the predominant reason why you're being discriminated against nowadays. It's about where you are socially and economically with the amount of dollars you have because that's ultimately going to decide what neighborhoods you go to. That's going to decide whether the circle of people you're going to be around with are around. That's going to decide whether the kind of people you're going to engage in ultimately being, you know, uh, uh, intimate relationships with and start families with. It's going to change a whole lot of things about you and you have to get exposure to something new and different than what we've been doing for a long time. And I, I I bring this up a lot, Andre, when I mentor a lot of young guys. And like I got into a debate uh maybe uh four days before uh Sheen and I went out to Vegas to do the skydive thing. Mm-hmm. But um this other uh, lady and gentleman was trying to tell me about the N-word. And I was telling them, like, you know, saying the N-word doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. It's not that relevant to me. It's not a deal breaker to me. And they thought that that was kind of the most appalling thing that they could ever hear from someone who's a so-called educated black man. And I had to sit there in the airport and explain to them. I'm like, look here. When it comes down to it, most of us, all we really know is the environment that we grew up in, mm-hmm. which is the hood. And in the hood, there are certain things we do and say. It's a part of who we are. That's all we really know. And so if you go back to any hood in black America, you're going to hear the N-word all day, every day. Yeah. And you're going to hear it from the time you could actually <laughs> say your first words all the way up until the day you leave out of that small circle in that community. Now, the, 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 the difference is, is if you ever get exposure to something different than what you're accustomed to living in and you go outside of that, you're going to immediately find out that there are certain things that you can't do. There are certain things you shouldn't do. And there's certain types of languages that's just not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And once you experience that, you should have enough wherewithal to say, oh, well, what I'm doing might not necessarily be a good idea. I can't talk and act and do the same thing 
over here that I do back over there with all my friends and everything. Right. And you have to make that assessment yourself. But if you have the wherewithal to connect those dots and understand that you have to change once you get into a different environment, then all of a sudden you're building what we call business acumen. You understand your presence and your situations and your surroundings. Translation. Sometimes you got a code switch to get ahead. Right. You got to know your environment. You got to know your party. You got to know how to conduct yourself accordingly. And that's when you're first getting into that environment and you're new to the club. Yep. Now, once you get in there and you conform and adapt and you establish yourself and you move up in that pecking order and you get to the top of that pecking order in that new environment, now you have the opportunity to influence change. Mm-hmm. And all those things that you think are wrong or things that should be different, you have an opportunity to do that. And we've seen tremendous progress over the last five uh, generations here in America with that. But also what you will notice is that most of us that escape and get away from those very humble uh, surroundings that we start out in and we branch out more and we get exposed to more and we start um, expanding our palate as far as being a worldly person and a person that um, um, has a broad perspective, you will come to realize that how you've adjusted and adapted is more suitable than going back to those ways that you came from. And you could, you could pick any celebrity, you can pick any athlete out there, those that continue to move forward and broaden their perspective, but they chose to keep it real, those folks are not as successful. Classic example, Allen Iverson. There's no reason why he can be as, uh, you know, um, adored as uh, LeBron James, as a Kobe Bryant. But despite a stellar NBA career, he wanted to keep it hood. He didn't want to wear a suit and tie. He wanted to wear a do-rag and keep a gun tucked in his waistband. Whereas where you take a look at a Diddy, a Jay-Z, a Dr. Dre, you see them nowadays, are they talking about dope? You don't rarely even see jewelry on these individuals. They don't even they don't wear the jewelry no more. They don't want the bling. They not talking about what kind of whip they driving. They there about business mm-hmm. and how much equity do I have in this investment? And even when you take a look at those same individuals that pride themselves on where they came from and how they started at the bottom and now they're here and how they slung dope and all that other stuff, I could promise you when you look at the circle around them and all the people that work for them and make them more wealthy, those people have credentials. Those people have MBAs, CPAs, they're lawyers. They don't have all that foolishness around them anymore because it's not conducive for them growing and expanding and broadening their horizon. And and that's what we're talking about today because the whole purpose we're pointing this out is not because we're trying to chastise our community. It's because we're trying to get you to understand that it's not your skin and your race that's really holding you down. It's the dynamics of capitalism 
and how everybody works and the different tiers you can work yourself into and get to where you want to be because it's all based on the money. If you can make anybody else wealthy, if you can help somebody else grow their company, their brand or their product and make them even more money, I promise you they don't give a damn what color your skin is. But if you show up acting a fool, acting ignorant, and you present yourself to be something that's detrimental to what they're trying to do, they're never going to give you a chance. So, Sean, I know we talked a lot about mindset. We've talked a lot about habits. We've Mm -hmm. talked a lot about conducting yourself accordingly and moving differently in different environments. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how America is set up from a capitalist standpoint and how our people can start to shift their mindset and put themselves in positions to succeed. Okay. So when you look at the United States, it's approximately 330 million of us Mm -hmm. population. Right. 1% of that population, those are going to be the owners. Those are the wealthy folks at the top. And we, oftentimes refer to them as the 1%. Yeah. Right? Yep. Okay, so now let's come down to the next tier up under the 1%. The next tier up under the 1% are going to be the overseers. And that's 15% of our population. So what makes up the overseers tier? Those are going to be the executives at these big Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 companies. Those are going to be the managers that oversee the people that come in and work every day and uh, produce all the products and services we use. Those are going to be the politicians that we hire to uh, legislate us and, you know, either uphold the law or change the law. Um, Those are going to be the celebrities, um, the athletes that we uh, hire to endorse uh, the products that the 1% own and convince the rest of America um, to – buy and spend their money on those are going to be the overseers and guess what the primary role of the overseers are is to maintain the status quo they are going to oversee and make sure that the one percent continue to stay to one percent that's their ultimate job the executives the politicians the athletes the celebrities the managers, they're all making sure that everybody else follow the rules and adhere or suffer the consequences because if they don't, you may jeopardize the 1% falling back down into a lower tier. The 1% is not interested in doing that. So that second tier, that's the 15%. Those are the overseers. I like how you put that. I never thought about it that way. Now I'm going to – so now when you go down to the next tier under the overseers – that is the bulk of the American population. That's what we call the middle class. I call them the worker bees because that's 64% of our population. Those are the folks that get up every day, night in, night out. They punch the clock. They produce the products and services. Those are the essential workers that were out there doing COVID. Those are the guys that are out there digging the ditches, cleaning the toilets, flipping the burgers, doing all of that stuff. All the people that get dirt under their nails, all the folks that make just enough money to pay their bills, uh, to pay their car note, 
and to put some food on the table and then go back to work and start all over again every two weeks. That's the um, 64% that I call the worker bees. And the last tier of this here dynamic in a capitalistic society is the poor. That's 20%. Mm-hmm. So if you go back and add up all of these here percentages I just gave you, 1%, those are the owners. You got the 15%, with the, which are the overseers. You got the 64%, which are the worker bees. And now we're down to the last 20%. And those are the poor folks. And guess what has to happen in a capitalistic society, Andre? Somebody has to be poor yeah. in order for a capitalistic society to work. Because if there's no one poor, there's no one that's going to be willing to work in the sewage system. Mm-hmm. There's no one that's going to come pick up the trash. There's no one that's going to do all of the nasty, dirty, grimy jobs that are out there. That's why we need poor people in our society. And at any given time in American history, no matter what century you're talking about, no matter what decade, you're going to see these here percentages pan out. 1%, 15%, 64%, 20%. And we already know those who make the worst decisions end up being in that 20%. You can almost figure it out starting in the sixth grade. That one dipshit in the back of the classroom that's always cutting up, always causing problems. He's probably the very first one you're going to see smoking a cigarette and with a bottle of liquor behind the gym by the time you get to high school. He's going to be the one that's going to drop out. He's going to be the one that was riding the car when the convenience store got robbed. He's going to be the one that went out there and somehow got affiliated with something where somebody ended up dead and now he's facing life in prison. And so that's how the tier system is split up in a capitalistic society. And this is how we discriminate against each other now because when you see your fellow neighbor, that's someone you can relate to. They're middle class. They're hardworking. They get up and go to work every day. They put in a 40 to 50 hour work week. They want happiness. They want the best for their kids. But God forbid in that same neighborhood where you look across there and you see your neighbor as a peer, you see somebody digging through your trash can. Now, you automatically discriminating against him because that's a poor bum, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want him around here because I don't know him. He's digging through trash. He's already displaying traits and characteristics to where he probably going to break into my car, let alone, you know, break into my house and steal something from me. Now, same exact scenario. You look at that guy digging through the trash. He's homeless. He's beneath you. But then you get up and go to work and you yourself all day, every day until somebody from the fifth floor comes down who wears a suit and tie every day. And now you, yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing? And now you change your demeanor. You change the way you talk. So now you are looking at someone that is probably in the overseer class that's better than you. And now I better be on my best behavior. And then, of course, we have that 1%, whatever the hell Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or Jay-Z or whatever the billionaires say, it must be gold because they are billionaires. 
But if you take a look at these classes and the way capitalism is tiered out, that's how you're being discriminated against nowadays, not because your skin is black. And we can take a look at the celebrities. We can take a look at the athletes. We can take a look at the average guy. We can look at somebody homeless. Everybody is aiming to get to the next level. The homeless guy just wants somewhere to lay down and go to sleep and get something to eat. Because if I can get myself together, eventually I might be able to get back on my feet and just get me an hourly job. And then if I can get me an hourly job, I can get me a hotel room. And then if I'm in a hotel room for 30 days, I can straighten myself up. And now I can get my first little room. And then I can move up to an apartment from there. Mm -hmm. But if you take a look at the worker bees in the middle class, we're all sitting around trying to figure out how can I continue to work my full-time job and keep my benefits and my retirement plan, but also now I need a side hustle. Can I start an LLC? Can I do a little something over here on the weekend? Can I start flipping cars or flipping houses? What can I do to enhance what I already got? Because ultimately, I want to move from the lower uh, middle class to the upper middle class. And then if I get to the upper middle class and finally get the promotion, or if I go back and get the degree and get a 20% increase on my paycheck, then maybe I can sell this here house and then take all the proceeds from that. And now I can move over into the subdivision. And once I move over into the subdivision, now I'm over here rubbing elbows with the executives, with the politicians. That's where the athletes live too. And then ultimately, if I do the right thing and I come up with the right idea and I keep trying this and that and I do this and that and I buy the books that Jeff Bezos read and I do what Bill Gates said and I kind of follow the blueprint that Jay-Z um, used, then maybe by a strike of luck, I might hit it big too and now I'm a 1%. That's how our whole society works in capitalism and that's what keeps the american dream going because it doesn't matter whether you're someone sleeping under the bridge tonight or whether you're someone that's already flying around in your private jet and you own a mansion in five different states we all still believe that america is the ultimate destination where you can go and still have a chance to pursue happiness and get to the top of the mountain. There's no other country or no other place on the face of the earth where that resonates to be true. Everywhere else, it's always, I don't care how hard I work. I don't care what I do. Either the government or some type of power that's bigger than me is going to say how happy I can live and what I can be in my life. But when I come to America, I can do and be anything I want if I work hard enough and I stick to it. And that's what keeps everybody working hard in this here whole capitalistic society with all these different tiers. Nobody's giving up because everybody's convinced they just one idea or one pay raise away from getting into that next tier. And that's what makes it all work. Has very little to do with the skin of your color. And now, if I was on social media doing a video right now, I would also end by saying, my name is Shion Simmons, and I approve this message. <laughs> but, but it's probably some people out there mad at me right now. <laughs> but hey, I can tell you, I'm out here, and I've been doing this for a long time. It's not your skin that's holding you back, folks. 
It ain't. It really ain't. Did I get on a soapbox over here? Nah, you good. I think we can close it out on that note because, man, <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a short point that's driven home, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And I'm so proud of my kids because I think I have them on the right path. But trust me, I have had to be a professional asshole <laughs> for the last 22 years for them to get the message and for it to finally stick and then to also get them the tools the resources and the nurturing and encouragement for them to actually execute it and now they're starting to yield their own results well to close this I think the best advice that I've ever had was you get in it you get out of it what you put into it yes sir and you can apply that to any and every aspect of your life so what you're putting into your life right now is a clear indication of where you're at in life right now absolutely there's nothing wrong with uh remembering and acknowledging our past but we gotta get off of this here slavery crutch and move forward and do what we know we need to do couldn't have said it better my brother well unless you got anything else shine i think i'm gonna go ahead and say peace to the folks and let that saturate I mean, marinate. I'm over here saying all the wrong <laughs> hey, words. Hey, man, today. y'all keep following us on the <laughs> podcast. Check me out on TikTok. Click yeah. my link in the bio. Yeah. Like the videos. Follow us. Share the information with a family, a friend, coworker. Help spread the word. Keep showing us some love, man. That's all I got today. There it is, there. Till next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.